Praise God. Just before, you may be seated. Just before I do something different. Um, or different for me. It may not be different, but different for me. I just want to, I don't have a lot, lot of opportunity um, to do this. And I just wanted to say this tonight. It's a little bit awkward doing this and then start preach, but I just want to do it. Okay. Um, I just want to let you know that I am doing super well physically. I am very blessed and I'm aware of that. Um, but there are times when you get the little drift of was mother right really okay. And I appreciate that. And I am okay. Uh, I am continuing right now at this present time in my life um, because, again, as Bishop Wright and I told you before, we have trusted God and listened to what he's told us to do. Now, I'm aware that, again, some are not in total agreement, but we have to do what we feel like God's spoken to us. And I'm still being seen by a doctor, my oncologist, rather, every three months. And every three months that I've been there, she is ecstatic over how well I'm doing. The other testimony I wanted to give you is the fact that um, I testified during my time of chemo that when I lost all of my hair, that the Lord had led me to a lady that was just a blessing to me. She was the lady that helped me find the long wig so that I could put my hair up and look as norm as possible. Um, after I was able to take the wig off most of the time, um, I tried to make an appointment with her, but with our traveling schedule, it just wasn't working. So I did not see her until about two months ago, I guess it was. And we just couldn't work it out. And I said, look, I'm just going to pop in one day and we're going to, you've got to see my hair. You've got to see what God has done for me. Because she knows, she knows about us and whatever. So I said, I've got to show you. When I walked in the door of her shop, <clears throat> her mouth fell open. And I'm not exaggerating. Sometimes we use that and it's not true. You know, we say, oh, my mouth fell open. Your mouth did not fall open. <laughs> you ever thought about that? I've said that before and thought, you know, my mouth didn't really. But I'm telling a true story. When I walked in, she went, well, that makes you feel a little subconscious. You thought you got dressed well before you left home. You thought you looked good. The mirror said you did. And she goes, and I said, uh, Sharon, is there a problem? She said, is that your hair? I said, yes, ma'am. Don't you love it? She said, yes, I do. In the course of it, and this is just brief, but in the course of it, she brought out a book. And she showed me the different stages of cancer patients after they've gone through chemo and they lost their hair. And when she got to my stage, she said, I think you're about four months ahead of schedule. And I said to her, well, let me tell you the reason why I'm ahead of schedule. Because every day when I get up, I pray, Lord, let it grow rapidly. Now, I want to add to that testimony this. Some of you feel uncomfortable for me when I wear my hair down. Please don't feel that way for me. Please don't feel that way for me. When I wear it down, that's all I have right now. But I'm thankful that I have that. But don't feel awkward for me. This has been a long journey. I started in November of 2013. I'm not finished yet. But I'm happy with where I'm at. And to God be the glory for all the things he has done. I wish my little granddaughter was here tonight because it is so special when she comes in my house and I'm talking about charity. When she comes into my house and she comes over and says, can I just feel of your hair? And she fills up my hair and says, it's so pretty, my mom. That means a lot to me. If you ever walk this road, Sister um, Boyer, you've been there. If 
you ever walk this road, you'll understand it a lot better. You may not understand it now. As I said, during the time of going through the treatments, it's a very, it is very difficult for an apostolic woman. Hmm, I didn't get any amens, but it's the truth anyway. It is very difficult. But um, there are some of you that are just a little bit awkward and you feel like that I'm very self-conscious. I'm not self-conscious. I'm not. It's all I have. And I don't know how long it's going to take for it to grow back down to the, where it was before. I don't, that may take a year or two. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it was not the most pleasant thing wearing a wig for 13 months. Maybe you've never worn one. But a full wig, a long wig, and a thick wig... I was happy to put it in a drawer and say, I'll see you later, baby. You are gone. So I appreciate your prayers, but I am thankful for what God has done. All right. I'm going to, oh, where's he going? Where's Brother Bond going? He can't go far. I got to have him right now. Brother Simpson, go let him know his name has been called. Somebody's going to help her with them babies because I'm fixing to use, I'm, I need her husband. All right. Um, let me find a good spot. All right, Brother Bryant, why don't you, um, you don't mind? You don't mind scooting down? All right. I need you on the front row. All right. Where's Morris's little boy? Come on up front. Sit on the front row, bud. Yeah, Baltimore knows what I'm doing. Shh. Be quiet. Be quiet. You're going to give it away. All right. I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. I didn't ask permission. And I didn't get their permission to do it. But, Brother Bond, I need some mood music. Because we fixing to have church. You don't have to wait till 9 o'clock tonight for there to be a finale. You can have it at 7, whatever time it is, 7 something, I don't know. You can go ahead and have, have church now. And you know what? When you go somewhere and somebody preaches with you, you kind of want to take them with you where you go. Because it's kind of hard to preach to people that aren't responding. I know that I, I don't have to have your response to, to know that I'm, that I'm getting you, but it, it just helps. We're a team. This is an apostolic church. It's not a one-man show, but it's you and I working together in the spirit for things to happen around here tonight. And I was in Baltimore. I don't know. Three, four weeks ago, I don't know when that was. A couple, it's been about three, four weeks ago. Charles, I was up there, and and I got to preach up there. And actually, I told you that Brother Wright, Bishop Wright, was my chauffeur. Now, boy, that was a treat. He was my. I, I'm usually with him. Ha ha. The cards turn. He went with me. But I was up there, and let me tell you something. By the time this man rocked this keyboard, mm-hmm, yeah, get ready. It's a coming. Ah, uh, you don't feel it yet? Did you leave your Holy Ghost at home? All I need is just a little bit of music. <laughs> Something is going to happen in this auditorium. All I need is somebody to shout hallelujah, and I don't have to have anything else. <laughs> Woo! And I'm going to tell you what, by the time I got through preaching, I was about to die because they made me want to preach all night, all day, all week, and all year. And then, not only was he there to back me up with the music, and I know, I know when you got to go, I know, I know we, we all right. It's going to be all right. Don't you get nervous. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Woo! do you hear what he said? He's got to go to work tonight. Do you hear what he said? They can wait because he knows that God's about to do something in this auditorium. My God, is there anybody in this house that want to take a lap? Oh, where's the old-fashioned apostolic runners of Antioch, the apostolic church? 
And then, you know, you got people that are going to shout when they don't feel a thing. You heard what I said, but I'm going to say it again. You got people that are going to shout even when they don't feel nothing. And I got one sitting on the front row tonight. He's going to shout because Brian shouts when he don't feel nothing. You don't have to feel it to shout. I think, I think that's what's different about the world and the church. And I, I was raised in the church, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But it sounds good, so I'm going to say it, all right? But I think, Sean, you were raised in the world. Let's interview you. In the world, is it not easier to dance when you got music? Ah, whoa, is anybody picking up on me yet? Well, in the church, I like to dance by the music. But sometimes I just feel something in my feet and something begins to break loose. And I don't have to have a music to do the step. I can shout without a step. I can shout without a beat. Is there anybody in this house tonight that just wants to shout, 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 shout? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm. You fit. If you if you're thinking, well, I don't want people making fun of me. I don't want make, I don't want people think I'm putting on. I'd rather for them to make fun of me. I've had people make fun of poor Bishop all of his life because all he knows how to do is a two-step. I don't know. Can you do it, Sean? I can't do it. Okay, but all he can do is a two-step because he ain't got a lot of soul. But this man here, he can do something besides a two-step. But it doesn't matter. Both of them are worshiping God. So it doesn't matter how you dance. It doesn't matter how you worship praise. But it does matter that you worship. you to take me. I, I don't think you did, but I want to make sure you didn't. I don't have to have music to put me in the mood. But I love music. Huh? The Lord talks about music in the Bible, and I love music. It just kind of adds a little bit there. So while I'm preaching tonight, every once in a while, you're going to hear a little bit of music. And when that music comes on board, Y'all better watch out because Brian's liable to get up out of his seat. And Chester, he's liable to show you some new steps tonight. Woo! All right. You can remain standing since you're all standing anyway. You don't have to sit down. And... If they'll put Acts chapter 16 and verse 16 through 26, so that's a little bit of reading, um, but I'm not going to preach long. Um, so if you can remain standing, um, Acts 16 and beginning with verse 16, and when I begin reading this, you're all going to remember it. You're all going to, most of you already know what I'm talking about, are going to preach about or read about. You don't know what I'm going to preach about. You're not that spiritual. And don't come to me after church. 
Don't, uh uh-uh, just don't do it. And say, the Lord told me this morning at five o'clock that you was going to be preaching that because he didn't tell you that. Because every time I thought I got it, it left. And I decided about five o'clock, it wouldn't be a sin if I ate a little bit of food. And I ate a little bit of food, and it still wasn't there. And I'm thinking, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Help, 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 help. So I got this right for church, so you didn't get it. Don't you have fun when I'm here? And by the way, guess what I was called in Canada? Mother right. Do you know why? Because... Many people in Canada watch all of our online services, whether live or archived. We have one family that gets up every Sunday morning, Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. If I was you this Sunday, I'd run the aisles because you're being watched. They watch every Sunday morning. And she said, is it okay if we call you mother, right? Because that's what they call you. I said, girl. If you want to call me Mother Wright, just enjoy yourself. But I told Brother Wright when I got home. I am the mother of Antioch. It came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that, he, that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and threw them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, all we talk about on this, let me just throw this in. All we talk about with this verse of scripture is them being put in jail. You ever, you ever thought about that? Most of the time, if you refer to Paul, oh, they were the ones that were in jail and got out. That's not all they went through. They weren't just thrown in jail. It says they rent their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many, not one, not two, I don't know how many, but many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stock. Did you get that too? Okay. They're not sitting in there drinking coffee. They're not sitting in there having a good time. And at midnight, hit it again. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were, are loosed, were loosed. You can be seated if you promise that when you feel it, you'll get up. And if you don't know how, I've got two sitting right here on the front row. That's my little man there. Now, he can worship. And he is not put on. And you know what, Baltimore? Don't let him ever out-worship you. That ought to be what we look to, Brother Simpson. And, and say for that child, how old is he now, Morris? Se- Jesus, have mercy. Seven years old. 
look at my 12-year-old grandson, Nathaniel Wright, or Chester Wright, as you know him, that we can't get used to calling him that, that sits on this front row every service, thinks it's horrible if you have to miss church, loves the Word of God. You should, you should ask him to let you see his Bible and see all the preachers that he's... My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let him show you all the preachers that he's waited in line. Not for an Oriole player, not for a Redskins player, but for an apostolic tongue-talking Holy Ghost preacher stood in line to get their autograph. Oh my God, when I look at Nathaniel, I think I can't let him out to me. I can't let him out to me. Call to war. Some adults can't even handle call to war. Too, too heavy. Too long, Bishop. We can't handle that two and three and four hour teaching. That's too long. You got that 12 year old child sitting here in the temple. <laughs> sitting on the front row, soaking in everything he can possibly get. Baltimore, don't let him out shout you. But for a few minutes, I'm going to preach on, it's midnight, so it's time for you to worship. I really ought not to have to preach, but I will. But it's midnight for somebody in this auditorium. I don't know, it may be more than one, and I believe that. I'm not sure who it all it is. Who it is all for. But I know one thing. It's midnight in somebody's life. And it's time for you to worship. If you want to come out of it. You're going to have to worship. If you want to come out of it. You're going to have to praise. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Look, it, would, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me in the least for you to take the rest of the service and just worship because it's midnight. It's midnight and it's time for the chains to fall off. It's time for the prison doors to open. Let me just remind you, then you shout again. Let me remind you, then you shout again. Let me remind you two things. First of all, let me remind you who, who's preaching tonight. This is my ministry. I don't know anything else, but there is one thing I do know. I do know how to worship and I do know how to praise and my life is nothing but a, a life of praise and worship. I may not understand the Greek. I may not understand the Hebrew, but there's one thing I understand and that's how to lift my hands and worship God. That's to get off my feet and begin to dance in his presence. And the Bible says... Woo! Yeah! Yes! Yes! You know what? I just... I just got a revelation. I just got... I'm, seriously, just, all these years, and I probably preached this, I don't know how many times through the years, but I just got a revelation. This is probably why it's one of my favorite things to preach about. Because you know when they got their victory? Not when they started preaching. And my God, we got to have preaching. I love preaching. But the Bible says when they begin to praise and worship, it's when, they, when, the, when the jail cell opened. And How can you praise and worship if you're not shaking? Yes! How can you praise the... This is an apostolic church.
All right, time out. Listen to me just a minute. You know what? Let me just tell you something. This is obviously, this is, this is in the Bible. We just read it. We know it's true. Let me tell you something I just was re- I've been reading. I don't, I just, just a few months ago, I just, um, just before we had the trouble in Baltimore, I guess the Lord was kind of talking to me. Seriously, but before we had all the trouble in Baltimore and the trouble we had in Missouri and other areas of our country that I'm so sad that we're having. But just before all that started to happen, um, I was praying one day. And I just, I just felt burdened about something. And I, re- I didn't really understand it. And I told the Lord when I began to read about it, I said, I, I mean, pray about it. I said, I don't, I don't really understand this. I don't, I don't know a lot about it. When I got up from prayer, I thought, well, you know, Alice Wright, you can teach yourself about it. I said, okay. So I have been reading on slavery. I'm going to make it plain, bud. Don't leave me now. I've been reading about slavery. And every American, and I would say it plainer, but I'll be nice. The bishop was here. He would say it for me. But every American needs to read about slavery. It'll make you understand your brothers and sisters a lot better. It was real. You hear me? It was real. And it was horrible. Absolutely horrible what some of our brothers and sisters, ancestors went through. But one thing I loved about what I, I learned in that, in reading about that. And I know some of you already know this, but I'm just learning it. Okay. But when they got discouraged. Ah. When they felt like they would never be free. When the slave master come walking across the field with the whip in his hand and they knew what was about to happen. That's when they began to sing and all of those beautiful songs that we know they came from those days and they would start singing swing low sweet chariot coming for to carry me home swing low sweet chariot can't you feel it you can feel it you can feel it you ought to try it you can feel it coming for to carry me home. And that slave master would take that whip and beat them until they could not even get up. But when they finally got up, they still had a song. I read one story that this this young lady was telling about it, that she was, I believe it was her great-grandmother and grandfather that were slaves, yeah. And it's true stories. I mean, they are true stories. And she was telling about it, and she said that she remembers her grandmother telling her. She said, one time I got real sick. And she said, I couldn't take care of myself physically. And she said, the... Someone in the house, I remember who it was now, I'm not real good at remembering stories, but somebody in the house had to help me and had to bathe me. And she said, I dreaded, 
I dreaded for them to have to see my back. I didn't want them to see what had happened to me during my time as a slave. And she said, when that person pulled off my top or whatever and looked at my back, she said, this person's testimony was, or their remarks were, it looked like a tractor had gone over her back. I'm telling you, you need to read it. You need to read them. You need to read them. It will get a hold of you. It was real. It's not fairy tales your brothers and sisters are telling you about. And I'm talking about some precious, precious people in this auditorium that had grandmas and great grandmas and great great grandmas and other people in their family that have scars on their body because of that. But the reason why they were made, they were able to get through that is they learned to sing. And your excuse is, well, I don't have a good voice. My God, you don't have to have a good voice to sing about God's goodness and shake the rafters of the house. You don't have to have a good voice to make the joke. Nobody said Paul and Silas were singing good. You ever thought about that? Now, that's a good one. That just kind of went through like that. They might have been the worst singers in the world. You ever been where somebody sang a song and you couldn't wait till they got finished? Don't raise your hand. Don't dare. Uh uh-uh. Don't embarrass yourself like that. But they were giving God glory. They were giving God honor. And they were praising him. And so we don't know. It doesn't say in there they had the best voices or they, they harmonized so beautifully together. All it said that at midnight they felt a singing and a worship spirit coming on. Oh! You know what? I know you know this, but they would have stayed in jail another long time if they hadn't responded to the spirit of praise and worship. When it came on them, some of you are where you are because you want praise and worship. You say, Sister Wright, you're telling me it's that easy. Hello. November the 13th, 2013. When I left the doctor's office and he said, you have stage three cancer and we're not sure that we can do anything about it. Oh, I could have gone home and gone online. I'm about to preach now. I could have gone online and I could study stage three cancer. I'm preaching to somebody in this auditorium. You better get off the internet because your God is bigger than any medical person. Read it if you want to. I could have gone home. I could have studied stage three. And they tell you stage three. If you don't get successful, you're stage four and then you die. My God, I didn't want to read that. I wasn't ready to go. Spiritually, I was. But not if the Lord give me more time. You know what I'm saying? Don't take me wrong. Okay. Lord, y'all going to think I was backslidden in 2013. But I, I wasn't. When I walked out of that doctor's office and I got home, and as, you, as you've heard the story, I know, but you're going to hear the story till the day I leave this earth. Because when you're standing here and you're a miracle, you can't help but tell what God's done for you anytime you get an opportunity. I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell everybody I possibly can. When I got the call from the doctor, when I got the call from the doctor before I even went to the, before I even went there and found out it was stage three, when I got the call from the doctor and Bishop came down the steps, the steps from our bedroom and I was sitting at the kitchen table 
And I think I was drinking a cup of coffee or something. I don't know what I was doing, but I was sitting there. And the way you can't, you know, when you've been married to somebody 48 years, you know what they, everything they do, what they're about to tell you, or how they walk, or how they look, you, mm. you know, you know. And it came down the steps. I knew it wasn't good news, and I didn't want to hear it, but I knew I had to. And I could just tell by his countenance it wasn't going to be good. And he looked at me, and he said, do we have to go in tomorrow? Because they have found cancer. And that's before I knew it was stage three. And you know the story. I can preach this because I've lived it. I don't say that boasting, but I can preach this because I've lived it. When he looked at me across that table and he said, the doctor said, you got cancer and you got to come in. And they're not sure what all it involves. I didn't go to no internet. See what stage I was in, where I was going next. I don't want to read all that stuff and get my head full of that. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm just telling you what I did, okay? But I didn't want to go through all that. I got up out of that seat at that table. I went in my living room, and I sat down at that piano. And that's the morning that God said, He lets me walk down roads of disappointment. He watches, and He knows What's best for me? I had no idea sitting at that piano that in just a few weeks I'd be in a treatment center with that gooky stuff going in my veins. I didn't know that in a few months I would be facing surgery. I didn't know all that yet. But I learned that day in praise and worship. He said, my gray, this strength comes through my door. His trial. I don't know. I don't know. I looked back through all those months. I got so much to preach tonight, and I can't do it all tonight. I might have to ask Pastor, let me preach, preach again soon, finish this message. I'll send him on another vacation. He'd like that, wouldn't he? That'll do it. I don't know for sure. I've looked back over all my notes, and I've, looked, I've thought back after getting through the journey of the different parts that I went through. I don't know if it was that day. That it happened. You say, how could it have been? You had to go through all that. Yes, it could have been. Because I responded to his spirit. I don't know that if it wasn't possibly the night that I sat in one of these chairs. I don't know which one it was. And it's really neither here nor there. I sat there and I had grandchildren. Church, hear me. Hear me, Antioch. I wouldn't. I'd almost go back through that trial just to relive that one night. When all of them babies were around me, with their little hands on my shoulder or on my arm and praying for God to heal their mama. I didn't know until it was all over. I didn't open my eye, couldn't open my eyes. I was worshiping and praying. I just was giving myself to God. And I said, my God, when I got home, I said, Brother Wright, who on earth stayed there till the very end and wouldn't leave me? It was that little 12-year-old that sits on the seat every service and soaks in everything that can get out of every service. I don't know. It might have been then. I don't know when it was. But I know one thing. I got through all of that time because I praised and worshiped God and I sang my songs. There were some days I couldn't sing as loud as others. There were some days that I did not have the emotional strength to maybe worship as much as I normally did. But I'm going to tell you something in this auditorium tonight. It's midnight for somebody. And if you'll just stand up right now and you begin to worship and praise God, those doors are going to open for you.
You don't worship because you got good news. Come on, you're a human being, and, 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 you, and you can always do that, naturally speaking. But you worship because you know the God that's going to deliver you out of the battle. Because you know what God can do for you. Some of you are focusing on being in jail. Focus on the doors opening. Focus on getting out. I'm preaching to somebody in this auditorium tonight. There's been a little shift in the spirit, and I'm going to have to flow with it. I, I wasn't expecting this, but I know what the Holy Ghost feels like. I know what it feels like. I was talking to someone yesterday and we were discussing people that were dying because of a certain, it, it was not a, we weren't being whatever, it was about a subject we were on. And we were talking about how many times people have just given up. Because they didn't know God. You don't give up when you've got God. You don't see that it can't happen. You see that it can happen when you've got God. That's why you can praise and sing when you've got problems in your life. That's why you can praise and sing and worship when you're going through a difficult time. Because you're not looking at the impossibility. You're looking at the possibility. And how many times there have been people that have died before their time because they will themselves to die to get out of it. I hope and pray there's nobody in this auditorium. I'm pleading for somebody right now. I felt it shift. I hope there's nobody in this auditorium that says, well, I'll just stay here till I die. And I'm talking spiritual right now. I hope you have not reached that place because I'm going to tell you something. It didn't have, it didn't matter. Oh my God, I feel his presence. It didn't matter how many days the devil came a knocking. I'm sorry, but I'm not one of the super spiritual people in this church. I hope I don't disappoint you, but I'm not. And there was quite a few days in my year that the death spirit tried to enter my house. When you go to the chemo clinic, I don't see Sister Peggy here tonight. She works such long hours. I don't know how that woman does that. She's phenomenal. She's full of God. She's running over with God. When you walk in there and you're sitting next to somebody that you're not going to see next week. You're sitting next to somebody who can't even hold their head up. You're sitting next to somebody that is just so sick, it's terrible, and the whole nine yards, and you go through all that. Come on, friend. There was many a day when I come out of that clinic that I had to start talking in tongues before I even got in my car. Some of you are giving up. Don't give up. Pray. Pray. Worship. Worship. Sing. Sing. Do something, but don't give up. Don't give up. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? And you always, or not always, but we've, we've heard frequently, or we know, let me rephrase that, we know that the darkest hour 
Oh, mm, I'm feeling some presence of God right now. The darkest hour is just before the dawn. I've heard that preach, Carlos, all of my life. I've sung that song. But in May of last year, I got to experience that. For when the doctor came in and said, Mr. Wright, we will keep you posted. It's pretty dark. I don't care if it was seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, it was pretty dark. In my life right then, it was pretty dark. Can I just say it like I want to say it? It was midnight. And they put that sleepy stuff in you. It's going to take you to another world that you really don't want to go to, but they're going to put that in you. And just when they started to put that needle in here, I just started praising. Can I be honest with you? I did not feel like it. I felt so alone. My husband was standing right beside me, and I felt alone. I didn't know what I was going to face the next, that night or the next morning. I really didn't wake up till the next morning and come to my senses or whatever what they were going to tell me. I didn't know what I was facing, but there was one thing that I did. Just before they put it in me, in here, I just began to say, he lets me walk down roads of disappointment. He watches And he knows what's best for me. My greatest strength comes through my darkest trials. And my greatest joy is knowing that he can trust in me and I was singing my song when they rolled me down the hall I don't know how far I got in that song because you don't know when the last you know but that's what I was singing when they rolled me out of that room because that was my midnight and they were still saying then we're not sure that this chemo is going to do anything But at midnight, when I left everybody behind and I went in the prison, I went in there singing. And when God had enough of them, he just opened the doors and said, let her out. Set her free. Somebody needs to just start singing and worshiping and praising him right now. I'm not talking about a good voice. I'm not talking about making up a song that everybody can. I'm talking about Jesus. I love you. Make up a song. I'm going to say it one more time. It's midnight. It's midnight. It's dark. It's dark. But if you'll start praising and worshiping, and singing, the doors are going to open. Sister Wright, you don't know my situation. I don't want to know it. I don't mean that. In, you understand what I'm saying. Certainly, if you want me to, sh- to pray with you, whatever. But I don't, want, I don't need to know your situation. I don't care how bad it is. I just heard a testimony of a preacher in Canada that had a tumor on, a tumor on the brain. He's, I don't 
don't remember the, the size of it, but I mean, he described it to me. He showed me a picture of it. I didn't, know it. I didn't need to see that picture. But you know you'd be nice to be. He showed me a picture of it, and he said it was about this big. He showed me the scar on his head. I talked to him personally. This isn't a fairy tale. They told him he would not live. He had six months and he wouldn't live. He couldn't live. That thing was totally attached to his brain and was eating it away and he was going to die. And he went to church and he kept on singing. And he went to church and he kept on worshiping. And guess what? Now, the tumor's gone. And I think it's been like four years. I know what God can do at the midnight hour. Sister Gross, every time you feel that pain, I want you to start singing. Every time you feel that pain, I, I mean, if it's in the middle of the night, Paul, she's going to wake you up. Now that I'm giving her permission. When you feel that pain, you've been in jail a long time. Okay, when you feel that pain, just start, even at work, sing for Tom. Oh, he won't fire you. You know he won't. You're all right. You won't lose your job. Start singing. Because those doors are going to open. You're going to be loosed. You're going to be set free. How bad do you want it? I ain't going to sing since right. That's too, that's silly. Well, let me tell you something. If it works, you ought to try it. Do you, I, I got to close, I got to close, but I was going to go this far, but I can't, don't have the time. But do you remember when the three Hebrew children, before they went in that fire, what they were doing? You need to go back and read your Bible. Some, it's been too long for some of you. You need to go read it. They weren't standing out there daydreaming. We're not standing there with negative thoughts going through their mind thinking, well, I know what the doctor said. Well, I know my rent's due tomorrow and I don't have the money. Well, I know my car's about to fall apart. I don't know. They, no. They were worshiping because you can't worship and not do what they did. They said, even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still going to praise him. Hallelujah! And I, listen to me, listen to me. I got to tell you this. Maybe my last time to preach, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Don't sit there and say, well, if God wants to do it. Oh, don't you just want to smack somebody when they say that? Well, if God wants to do it, he can just do it. Get up off your seat. I'm being nice because I would say it another way. Get up. Shh, exercise some spiritual faith and spiritual authority in your life. Because I don't serve an if God. I serve a when God. I just preached that a few months ago. I don't serve an if God. I serve a when God. It's not if God wants to do it. You, this is very, this is very simplistic. But everybody in this place will understand this. Everybody, including little kids. You ever been really hungry? No, I'm serious. Like hungry, hungry. Y'all 
ever made that statement, I'm starving to death? We're not, but we say that. But you've really been hungry, okay? And somebody fixed a meal. And you were sitting in a, in a chair, maybe in the family room or on the back porch or out in the yard or something. And they said, dinner's ready. Supper's ready. Lunch is ready. And you're sitting there starving. And you don't get up. I can't get any more simple. But you, you don't get up. And you sit there. And you go, I guess I'll just die of starvation. Well, go ahead and die of starvation. Because the way to get the food is to get up. Exercise your legs and go to the table. Exercise your hand. Pick up the fork and begin to eat. Well, there's some things in God. You got to get up and exercise your faith. You got to get up and exercise your belief is going to do. shaking off the cell doors right now I see you I know who it is too I see you doing it shake them on off go ahead nobody else wants it you got it go ahead you're gonna get it you're gonna see a difference when you go home honestly hear me it is really this simple It's that simple. That says that your mind says that's too childlike. Well, hello. Again, some of you need to read your Bible. I'm worried about you. The Bible says you got to become what? Not childish. Childlike to enter into heaven. You tell a child anything boy they're gonna believe don't tell a child something you're not gonna do i know i'm off the subject but i gotta throw that one in moms dads grandmas aunts uncles saints of the most high god don't be telling these little precious things you're gonna give them five dollars and never give it to them oh i forgot oh uh-uh Go write it down, put it in your phone notes, or do something. But these little kids take what they take your word. They believe you. Sister Katie talk, sent me a text when I was in Canada. She said, we we're in the store. She may have told this Sunday, I don't know. She said they were in the store the other day, and she said Noah was with her. And all of a sudden, he started saying, there's power in the name of Jesus. Well, that was all right. He said, there's power. In the name of Jesus, there's power. And he got louder, and he got louder, and he got louder. They just went on through the store, and they just telling everybody there's power. You know what? He's heard there's power in the name of Jesus. I'm glad that he believes it. So we got to be like little children. We got to accept the word of God that it's midnight for somebody in this auditorium. And if you'll begin to praise and worship and sing, Guess what? You're getting out of jail. Sister Johnson, we don't even need all them free cards from Monopoly. Jesus is going to get us out. Don't we serve a great God? Don't we serve a great God? Woo! Come on. He deserves a little more praise in this. He does he deserves a little more worship. Everybody stand together. He deserves a little more from you tonight than this. Come on. Just a little more. Push, 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 push. Worship, worship, worship. Yes!
never dream I'd be on 8.30 to be honest I really I thought I'd be done by probably 8.15 this is the second time I felt something really strong moving in this auditorium I felt the shift and I just felt this I have no idea Jason Wharton what you're down here for no idea whatever it is you have opened the doors of the jail cell for you tonight I have no idea. I know some of y'all know I'm related to him. I'm telling you, I don't know anything in the natural. I know in my spirit. Tim Meadows, I don't know what it is back there in the back, but if you'll keep them hands up in the air, it's happened for you tonight. Let me tell you something. I believe it in the Holy Ghost. I believe it in the Holy Ghost. It's happened in this auditorium. Somebody else want to go again? Is there somebody else in this auditorium that wants to go again? Come on. Come on, come on, how bad do you want it? It's an old song. I don't know who, who wrote it. it. Was All I ever knew was the course of it. I'm sure there's verses, but... If you remember, we used to sing it for years. It's amazing what praising can do. I don't worry when things go wrong because why? Jesus fills my heart with a song. That's biblical. That's biblical. You know what? Maybe Paul and Silas really wrote that song. And they left it lying on the side of the road and somebody picked it up, claimed they wrote it. It sounds like what they wrote that night. Because when they began to praise, they didn't worry about there being chains on their feet. Uh, they didn't worry about there being a lock on the, the cell door and they couldn't get out. Something just said praise. Something inside said sing. 
Now, some of us would have said, Lord, do you know it's midnight? We're tired. We're sleepy. But how bad do you want your miracle? Are you willing to get it at any hour of the night? Are you willing to get it on your job? Are you willing to get it in your car? Are you willing to have to pull to the side of the road and get out and just start praising and worshiping God? He's a great God. Can we just lift our hands one more time and worship him? All over this place. Thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for these precious people that have responded to your spirit and to your word. He We ask your blessings upon them. In the name of Jesus, keep your hand of protection upon each one as they leave this place. Keep them under your care. All the praise, all the honor, and all the glory we give to you. Praise God. I love you dearly. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.